Welcome back to another episode of the Balcony Chatter Podcast. I am your host, Andrew McKenney, and today I am joined by a special co-host. Uh, I am here with Marina Marr, so thank you for joining me. I'm very excited to get into some brewing stuff with you. Um, so yeah, thank you for, for coming on. Thanks for having me, and I noticed that Yager jersey. What a sick yeah. jersey in the back there. <laughs> yeah, there's a, uh, there's a kind of a funny story to that, and I guess not really funny, but I went down to Florida for a game when he was playing for them uh, for one of the Bruins games down there. And I know everybody that knows about Yager knows that he spends a lot of time after the games, like just skating or working out or whatever. So I was like, you were in Florida. It's a nice, you know, it's nice night and, uh, and the temperature is good. So I was like, well, hang out outside a little bit. It was probably three or four hours after the game that he pulled out in like, he was the very last person to come out and, uh, happened to just have a jersey on and I had him sign it and then I you know I put it in a in a frame obviously but you know it really is true that he is not leaving the facility for three or four hours until the game you know after the game yeah totally I mean there I mean I've heard some great Yager stories I like unironically just yell in the middle of my days like Yager is my father like that (laughs) has just been ingrained in my brain yeah um crazy he's still playing over in the check yeah um but yeah, that, that's sick. Yeah, I, <laughs> he's just, I mean, it, it's, he's, I, I call him Bruins legend, like, ironically, but it, it, oh, it's yeah. fun to look, it's fun to look back and be like, yeah, Yon was on the beast. Yeah, even if it was for a handful of games, you know, I, I would, I would pretty much do anything to have a picture of Yager in a bees jersey lifting the cup, but we all know how that right. went, so. Sore subject. Yeah, unfortunately, so. Uh, you know, when I was thinking about how I wanted to, to sort of intro you to this episode, I, I thought I would check and see what your, uh, your barstool page kind of said, because I, I wanted to get a little bit of an idea. Obviously I know that you do a lot of, um, blogs and stuff, but it, the description is, is social media manager, hockey blogger, uh, gif extraordinaire, which I think is probably the most accurate thing I've ever heard because <laughs> it, it's second to none. Like, I don't know how you do it so quickly and so perfectly, but I mean, it is, that is a fact. It also says Dave Portnoy's favorite Barcelona employee. I mean, is that true? Uh, I, th- uh, I wonder if it's so accurate. <laughs> it was a few years ago. I think so, but you'd have to ask him. But yeah, I do. Uh, I'd like to say I'm able to do like a multitude, multitude of different things. Um, but just talking about the Bruins, blogging about the Bruins, um, is really my bread and butter. I'm learning kind of every single day, like how I can do it better. Um, so never satisfied, but yeah, that's kind of, uh, basically what's going on with me. I I haven't been satisfied with the Bruins play (laughs) thus far. I think it's been very... I don't know, maybe just like vanilla for them. Yeah, but it's 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 early in the season, so I'm not going to harp too much. Yeah, that that was that was one of the things that I wanted to make sure to ask you. I know we have a really small sample size so far, but you know, ten games, we kind of have an idea of what the lineup's going to look like, aside from uh, Nick Foligno, obviously, hopefully coming back this week. But uh, other than that, we kind of know what the lineup's going to look like for the long haul until maybe the trade deadline, depending on how we look, we're looking at that point. But, you know, how do you feel about where we're at currently? I know obviously we have a long way to go, but um, the team in general, what are you thinking? 
I think it's kind of been a little bit of a roller coaster. They had some injuries early. I think Felino got hurt in like the second game. He's yeah. only played two games. So him um, him getting back in the lineup will be huge for them so we can judge them as a whole. We haven't really been able to do that this year. So that's kind of what I'm looking towards. Um, but it's really just the consistency and it's like the measuring stick games. Like they didn't show up against Carolina and Florida a week or, or two weeks ago now. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, they're right now they seem like a middle of a pack team and I know that they can be better, but I've yet to seen it. Like it, it, it's almost like the same problems have plagued them so far early in the season. Like first line, they're not scoring, no one's scoring. Um, I also think the biggest wild card that we've had this year is really the goaltending. Like the, the first time we haven't had two grass in the starting position in over a decade. So that that's pretty crazy to me um, that none of them, they've all had individual games here and there. Like I think Swayman looked good the other night. Allmark has had his, you know, games where he's looked good, but none of them have really stood out. They haven't won the Bruins a game. So I think you look at the goaltending and I think you look at your forward group and then the defense has not been up to par <laughs> what we've been up, what, what we've seen in the past. So, you know, I'm like, like you said, it's 10 games in, so I'm not going to harp too much, but you're starting to kind of see the holes yeah. and it's kind of the same old story. So it's just like, all right, here we go. It's history repeating itself. So I'm hoping they get some more consistency. And I think a lot that, I think that it has a lot to do with the schedule. I think Brad Marchand alluded to it the other night that like, they're just not fucking playing. Like yeah, that, it, it's hard to get in that rhythm when you're not playing consistently. So, right. I mean, and then we have a stretch coming up next week. I think it is with another five days off or however in between games, like that's just, it's too long. Yeah. It, it makes no sense. And then, and then it just means towards the end of the season when everyone's banged up, you're going to be playing a ton of games and a ton of yep. nights. So I don't know who made the schedule, but they need to be fired. That, that's exactly what I'm dreading, too, is at the end of the season where we tend to always be banged up, or every team does. I, I guess it's not just the Bruins, but you know, history hasn't been on our side recently with that. We, we've gone through a lot of defensemen over the last however many years in the playoffs. So we're constantly going through them, and right now we don't really have a defenseman to give. So if if anyone goes down, we're, we're in some serious trouble there, but... Obviously, that's a long way away. I mean, we're not even close to the playoffs yet. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I would tend to agree with you that you you start to see sort of the the things that might be problems, bigger problems down the road. And I think defense is one of those main things. I mean, a lot of people have a lot of people have said that Forbort shouldn't be a top pairing defenseman, and I, I would agree. It's just we don't really have many options otherwise. Right. And I think it's like he's still learning the system. And, and yeah. as much as I'd love to harp on him, like because he has had some really bad games, it's just like I I want to once we get to maybe the 25 percent, I'll have more of a definition of what this Bruins defense is. But, yeah, they've had some really, really brutal games and it's almost uncanny for them. And I think that just show, goes to show like how important to grasp was to this team. Right. Like he took grass went out and won you games when the defense was playing poorly. And so when you do have two goaltenders that aren't, they're not shaky, but they just haven't, you know, taken the position and run with it. And so I, it's hard to judge. And I know Bruins fans, they just have such high expectations that yeah. no matter, I mean, like 
Forbort could have had a hat trick and we would have carved yeah. on him some way, you know? <laughs> right, so right. I, I'm waiting to get some consistency and to kind of look at this team as a whole, especially with Felino coming into the lineup. That way we can really see what the holes are and then, and then address them from there. But yeah, I mean, Boston fans, they have high expectations as they should. And the defense has, has not lived up to those expectations. So it, it, we'll see if they tighten up or what, but yeah, you're starting to see the cracks. Yeah, and it's already this early in the season, which you know. Well, I guess we can only hope that it's rust, and it's it's also the fact that they haven't been able to string games together. As far as we had a couple, you know, every other day we had probably a Tuesday, Thursday, but other than that, I mean, it's it's been pretty spread out in between. So it's really hard for anyone to get in the rhythm for anything like that. So. Um, but I take it you're a Tuca, you're pro Tuca. I am pro Tuca, but that, uh, like, there, there's definitely an end here with Tuca Rask. But that being said, um, it remains to be seen what's really going to happen in net. Yeah. I think if, if Jeremy Swayman can't, you know, take a stronghold on that position, I think maybe they re-sign Rask, you know, put Swayman in Providence, and then you kind of have three goalies. Going to the going into the end of the year, and like we said, guys are going to be banged up, and the Bruins aren't in a position where they're getting a ton of points right now. Granted, they only played ten games, but I think they're like maybe sixteenth in the league right now. Yeah, and so it it wouldn't be the worst thing to have three goalies. Granted, Tuca is healthy and you know back to his old self, but it, it's a lot of questions and balls up in the air, and it's it's I've said it before like it it just remains to be seen but this team can be better absolutely yeah I think I mean there was obviously a lot of question marks going into the season with Tuca being gone with Krejci being gone how do you feel about Coyle slotting into that second line center spot like how do you feel he's done so far with that role because I feel you know personally I think he's done fairly well and he has big shoes to fill so obviously Bruins fans are going to be harsh on that too because he's not David Krejci Right. Big shoes to fill. Absolutely. I think he's still trying to, I don't want to say like get into it, but he did have knee surgery that was much needed for him. So I think the more games he gets under his belt, the more confident and comfortable I think he'll feel. Um, I know Halloween weekend, he had maybe the best game against the Panthers when they won, uh, when they beat the Panthers uh, in a shootout. I think that was by far his best game at 2C. But yeah, I think it, it starts with the top line, and when they're not producing, it's like, all right, you're next in line. Like, what are you guys doing? Yeah. So it, it's tough. I think I think he can be better. I think he took some penalties the other night. I was kind of like, all right, what are we doing? Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't. It's tough to say. It, it's tough because they also haven't had that mainstay there. I mean, Nick Felino might be there tomorrow night. Like, it, they've been tough to judge. I'm giving Coyle a little bit of a leeway just because he has been injured, but yeah, I, 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 it's tough shoes to fill. Yeah, it really, really is. And once, and you see Krejci's lighting it up in the Czech league for his hometown, which is awesome to see, but it also hurts to see. Like, oh, I yeah. think Krejci could have had another great year here. So it's a, just another, I keep saying it, but it's just another thing that remains to be seen. I think Coyle can be better, but I'm not, He's not on, like, the top of my shit list, I would say. Yeah. I mean, I thought he started out kind of hot, and like you said, he had a really good game, that Panthers game, I think it was, and and uh, it seems like there's a lot of potential there for him in that position, and 
realistically, that's our only option right now. I suppose Felino could be an option there as well, but, um, you know. Yeah, I, he, start, he started at center, then when everyone got hurt, he moved to the right side. So it's, I think, just that consistency of him and that responsibility. So I don't know. It's it's interesting. I think if this team starts to get on a roll, he will he will be a big part of that. Yeah. I, I sure hope so, because like I said, it doesn't seem like there's many backup options there. Do you think that there is any possibility that David Krejci actually comes back in the, you know, in the later part of this season? Uh, it's tough to say, I guess it, it, it would have to, it would have to, it would have to be the perfect move, right? Like the Bruins have to be good enough for him to justify it. And I, it's it's really interesting. I'm gonna say yes just because like I'm I'm hopeful. I'm a positive right. <laughs> person to begin with. Like I absolutely would love that. Like he's adding Rask and Krejci, mm-hmm. you know, to go on a playoff run. But I haven't seen enough of the Bruins yet to justify that. I know Krejci has said no, he's gonna stay over there. But I think if the Bruins are in a good position, I think maybe they can lure him back over. That, I mean, just being able to add that type of weapon later in the year, especially if you're in a good spot. I mean, that seems to be the only way that he exactly. would probably come back anyway. But, yeah, that that would be ideal. Um, but because he's not gonna he's not gonna cost you an asset, right? Like he's not gonna let whoever you try and pick up at the trade deadline. I don't know if he has to sign by December or February. I can't remember what it was. I think it's February he has to resign by. Um, but would he he would have to pass through waivers, yeah. And I'm sure he'd just be like, "I'm not. If you pick me up, I'm not signing. I like, I'm not playing with you." Yeah. So I, I don't think that'll be a problem. But yeah, that would be that would be interesting. I I think we should all be hopeful that that happens too, because that would be not that there's anything wrong with Coil, and hopefully by that point in the season we are saying that he fits perfectly fine in that position. But it it would not hurt to be able to add a player like David Krejci to this team because, I mean, we've obviously we've seen how he's played with this team already. So, I mean, that's only a positive. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that would be crazy. But, yeah, you, would, you wouldn't have to give up an asset to get him back yeah. here. So, we'll see what happens. But I hope so. I, I love Krejci. I have, I've always have. It's been weird without him and Rask. It's just been a weird start to the year. Absolutely. And I think that, a lot of people are starting to realize that now because those two guys specifically were easy targets for Bruins fans when they were angry to be like, you know, he's not performing and he's not Bergeron and he's not this and Tim Thomas and whatever, you know, they'll throw anything out there just to be against that player. But people are starting to realize that it's not all, it's not all great just because those guys are gone now. It's, it's a struggle and it's a, it's a learning curve. So I think, you know, not to bring this down, not to be a bummer here, but I do think that this is something that you can back me up on. I think that we are, we've always been spoiled with Patrice Bergeron, but unfortunately we're watching the end of his career. And what I mean by that is not this year, but hopefully, you know, five years or however long he ends up playing for, we're at, we're on the tail end of his career. He's not going to play for another 15. So, I really thought about this the other night because I was at the game where he scored scored the four goals, and you know it, it's just that's just what he does. You know, when he needs to come in clutch, he comes in clutch. There's not a lot of times people score four, but you know it just it made me realize I was taking it in that there's not going to be a lot more of this. Like this is this is the the peak of what we have, and 
Uh, I felt kind of the same way with Chara. It's like once these guys are gone, the whole culture changes. I mean, yeah, it just gives you it gives you a greater appreciation, right? Right. Like, uh, I, I think I, it really hit me when Chara left and seeing him on the Capitals. And, yeah. You know, it wasn't playing a ton. He's especially during that playoff series when the Bruins beat them last year in five. I was just like, shit, man, like. You got to appreciate the end. And I know Krejci's departure was sudden. Um, and so I think a lot of people didn't get that chance to appreciate him. And I and hopefully he does come back. But you just kind of got to appreciate the runs that they have and the athletes that they are. Bergeron is special. I mean, 37 is going to be hanging in the Raptors. He'll be a Absolutely. Hall of Famer. Yeah. So it, it's. I'm I'm on the same boat with you that this year more than ever, like I'm appreciating Patrice Bergeron for his entire career, and hopefully um, it continues. But if it doesn't, knock on wood that it does, um, I'm going to appreciate it, and I'm gonna you know take it in and soak it in because I don't know when this run's gonna stop. And with Chara gone, Krejci gone, this core is kind of cores falling apart so it's it's tough i mean we're getting older patrice bergeron's getting older yeah like it's sad it's honestly that's what it is it's tough yeah because you know like i said i'm i'm hopeful that he plays for five more years or however long he wants to play for but you know we are watching the end of the career we're not watching the midpoint of the career unfortunately so uh i just i hope that other bruins fans are considering that when they're watching these games that like this isn't going to go on forever and and especially you get to watch him and and Marshan play together at that level that they do that's something special that nobody that we have on this team after those two at least not for a long time who knows when but are going to connect like that they have a very special like connection on the ice that you know is is something that not a lot of teams have or see and and I, I try to appreciate that too. I mean, I go to all the, all the home games, but you know, just watching that and seeing everything is is it's a different perspective this year, I guess. Yeah, and, that, and it almost makes it even more important for Don Sweeney to kind of go out as one last kick at the can this year. I think if the Bruins are indeed in in a good playoff position, because who knows how many chances they're going to be able to go deep with this core. Yeah, and I think this year more than ever, and I, and maybe that's why Bruins fans are are super critical this early on because of that. So it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting too, with the Olympics coming up, you know, that's going to be more tread on the tires for Bergeron and Marchand, you know, even Pasternak who will be on the Czech team. So it's, it's really interesting. And I, I hope Bruins fans appreciate it. I know a lot of people are harping on Bergeron when he didn't have a goal a couple games into the season, but he shut them up pretty quick. (laughs) So I'm, I'm hoping there's more life. Uh, after the season for Bergeron in Boston, but now with Charagon and Krejci leaving, like <laughs> you just don't know what's going to happen. Right. So that's that in itself is a tough pill to swallow. But I do think this time around with Krejci gone and Charagon, I think people are starting to appreciate Bergeron a little bit more this year. But you know, like I said, high expectations in Boston. Yeah. Do you at the beginning of this season? I sort of felt like you know I had, I was really excited for this year because we kind of have a new look team with a lot of new guys, and I didn't know if it would be enough. I knew it wouldn't be enough on the on the defensive side of of the puck, but you know 
as far as offense goes and depth, it seemed like we had, or we do have a lot of depth. Uh, do you feel that it was enough to get us where we need to be? Or, you know, how aggressive do we need to be at the trade deadline, assuming that we're in a good spot for a playoff push? I think the forwards could probably figure it out. Um, defense is definitely my biggest worry. I think Forbort was a good addition, but I don't think it was enough to make them a true top contender. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's McAvoy and then Grizzly and Carlo and then everyone else. Right. You know? So I think they really needed another, you know, top four D left-handed preferably. But that being said, maybe Forbort, you know, comes into his own and, and kind of, you know, starts starts to understand the system, starts to tighten up, and maybe they've just they've all had different partners every game. It feels like you know McAvoy, Grizzlick, McAvoy, Forbort. So I think they're still trying to find the rhythm. So defense definitely worries me, uh, but the forward groups as they're built right now, especially with Felino coming back, I feel more confident in weirdly um, if they start to figure it out, but. I mean, they've just been bitten by the injury bug. That yeah. works out, so they're going to have a different fourth line. But Felino coming back, hopefully they'll start to get it going. And I think it's an important weekend because they're playing some beatable teams. Uh, they're playing the Habs on Sunday. they got the Devils coming up on Saturday. So I think you got the Oilers, which will be a measuring stick tomorrow night, Thursday night. And then you got two beatable teams coming up on the weekend. So I, you just want to see them get better, right? And it's like, all right, well, if they're – falling into their old habits then it, it's going to be what we've seen every year and they're not going to go that far so uh, it's tough to say right now 10 games in yeah but defense is definitely my biggest worry i think Olmark and swayman will figure it out i think we will have a true number one whoever that may be remains to be seen hopefully it's swayman um but they invested in Olmark, you know to play games and to win them hockey games so it's tough. It's tough to say because I've said it a million times this podcast, we just have such high expectations that I don't, I don't know. Defense is by far my biggest worry though. That's for sure. I think everybody can probably agree on that aside from, you know, shaky goaltending. They haven't been bad, but there've been a couple games. That's not the word. It's just, they just, I don't, it's weird to explain. Like they just haven't won games when the Bruins needed, yeah. you know, a save or that kind of stuff. So I think they'll, but maybe that goes in with the schedule. You know, they haven't been consistently playing. So maybe after this weekend, we'll be having a different conversation about it. So we'll see. So how about the situation where, you know, say we're in where we have a clear number one in Swayman going in, you know, to the, the, second half of the season, Tuca decides that it's time to come back and he's willing to come back. What ends up happening with Allmark? Like, what what do you do with him? Yeah, I mean, if Swayman is playing well, kind of have to ride the hot hand, even if he's your backup to Tuca, but you don't want to have a $5 million bench warmer up in the box. Right, and that'll be interesting to see where they are, too, in the standings, right? Because, like, if you need to win games, you're going to ride your hot hand. Right. So, but if they're, you know, ahead in the standings and if they can kind of give some guys rest by, you know, playing Tuca or playing whoever, you know, isn't the hot hand, that would be a, a massive help. So I don't know. It's it's really interesting because they have a bunch of balls up in the air, a bunch of wild card, you know, spots. So 
it, it could really go either way. Like they could be bad and they need to grasp or they could be good and they need to grasp. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, so, I suppose it doesn't hurt to have three good goaltenders, especially, you know, depth is always nice to have. Not that, I don't know. You don't really see a lot of teams dip into a third goaltender in the playoffs because usually one goalie is playing and then the other one, you know, it'd be, it'd be really tough for two guys to get banged up. Um, in a playoff right. series or something as a goaltender. So, but and it doesn't it'll hurt. Depend on like the cap space, but Tuka's not going to cost them a ton of money. So yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think he basically had said, I'll, I, I just want to play for the Bruins. I'll come back for, for whatever. So yeah, it was like a couple hundred thousand in unlimited, but like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds That's like him. my goaltender. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, of all these new additions that are on this team so far, I mean, obviously we have a bunch of new forwards. We've already talked about forward a little bit um, and, the, and the goalie situation. Is, is there anyone – I would even throw Taylor Hall in there still as a new addition because he didn't really play a lot last year with us when once we picked him up. But, um, you know, who has impressed you the most out of all these guys so far? That's a good question. Because there's – I mean, there's a lot. Maybe Halla. I would say Hollow only because I feel like he's been the most consistent, but I think I was surprised about how Tomas Noshik came in. Like I thought he had some really good games. Um, so maybe a toss up between him and Halla. Halsey, I know, can produce a little more offensively. I'm still waiting for him to break out, um, him and Coyle. But I guess Halla, I think Halla's incredibly stink bitten. Hopefully he goes out and scores tomorrow. Um, but I thought that third line center was going to be a huge, huge hole. And he's actually had some pretty good chemistry with DeBrusque. Yeah. Um, and so I, he's surprised, I guess he's surprised me the most him and him and Noshek, I guess, I, I, like I knew they were going to come in and be solid depth guys, but I didn't think that they could, you know, keep up, I guess would be the word I would use. Um, I think Hala is beyond due to score. I think him and DeBrusque have has started to gain some of that chemistry that we saw in the preseason. So I feel like it's just a matter of time for Hall to like explode offensively because yeah. he's just been so fucking snake bitten. But yeah, I would say him, and yeah, I, it, it's just a you said it earlier. It's just a new look Bruins team. Yeah, totally. So you kind of have to expect the unexpected. I, I am in the same exact boat as far as I think that Howla has been the most consistent of the new additions. And then, you know, Nosik has been very consistent as well. I I say sometimes to, to people that I talk to about, about this, like, if you hear his name a lot, that could be a good or a bad thing. But if you don't hear their name at, at all, it's almost like they're not doing anything bad. They're not doing anything amazing. So I kind of take that as a positive where, it, you know, as long as they're not doing committing stupid penalties or, or doing, making dumb plays. Like, unfortunately I love Taylor Hall, but he's making these terrible no look passes. He's, he clearly the la in the last game, they got under his skin a little bit. He had a couple penalties or at least one. And, uh, I think Cassidy was pretty upset with him as far as, you know, how, when the game, as the game went on. So I think that he has a lot that he can still bring to the table. And obviously I think that he's going to do that. He's, he's, a uh, he's a goal scorer. He's going to end up scoring goals and it's just a matter of time. And, you know, we had a problem in the, at the beginning where the power play was just terrible. That, that first power play unit, I think we went over 10 or over 11 or something like that. And nobody was scoring. So, you know, it's hard. Yeah. 
it's funny because when we talked about McAvoy's contract, we were like, oh, yeah, and this was without playing power play time. And then the power play, you know, goes out and puts up some duds early on yeah. in the season. But they, they've started to figure it out. But it was just funny how we were like, yeah, McAvoy's numbers are going to explode once he gets on the power play. And the power play just didn't look right Yeah, uh, or, or early on. But, yeah, I agree with you. Halsey has – he hurt the team with some of those penalties the other night. Um, I think – I mean, I agree with Bruce Cassidy's decision to, you know, sit him down for a little bit. But – a goal scorers are streaky and a Halsey's going to go on a streak. And then there's going to be some games that he's, you know, not producing, but as long as he's in the mix, I think as long as he's getting chances and, you know, helping his team win, but to go back to the newcomers, as long as they're not hurting you, I'm okay. Right. Like as long as no second hall, they're not taking penalties, you know, they're not getting caught, whatever. Like they are what they are as you know, in the bottom six. I think that's all you can ask for, for a new guy to come in, new team, new system and everything. So, yeah, like you said, like they haven't been noticeable, but they haven't been unnoticeable. Right. So I think it's it's almost a benefit to them. So I think Hall is due. Halsey can be better, absolutely. And hopefully the power play can continue to keep on chugging. I mean, speaking of new guys, it's almost like we have a new player in Jake DeBrusque, too. He seems to be having like a resurgence this year. He's he's playing very well and. He's he seems to be hustling every every shift that he's out there and it it paid off a couple times for him I think and he's you know either made some really good plays or or put one in the net but I mean I was very surprised to see not I shouldn't say surprised I was pleasantly surprised to see him um, come out and and really be the player that everyone thinks he's going to be obviously more goals would be great but it's super early and as long as he seems to feel good and he seems like seems like one of those players who when he gets down on himself he he it's hard for him to dig out of that and so far I haven't noticed that with him as far as you could tell on the bench last year with him they pan the camera to him and he does not look happy and he looks bummed out and you know it just looks like he's a different player this year a different mindset and I think that's good for us too right it just I think it's a confidence thing too like you can tell he did not want to play hockey last year like yeah. whatever was going on um he just he didn't you know seem into it and it's so nice to see that you know he is into it this year you know he and his confidence is way up you know he's scoring some goals he looked really good in preseason so sometimes it's just about like a love of the game like maybe he just fell out of love with the game last year I mean it was tough with those COVID restrictions for them you know, he was one of a few single guys on the team. And I think that, you know, hurt really hurt him. Like when you're not around guys, you're not able to go out to dinner with a team like bond and do all those things. I think it really does affect you mentally. And it's great to see him come out and have a really good preseason, you know, start to generate some chemistry with Hala. So I, I it's, he was another wild card coming into the season. Yeah. And I think if he doesn't perform the way he does, I think the Bruins are even worse team to start, you know, these 10 games. So hopefully that third line can, can get going, especially with Polino coming back. I know uh, Bruce Cassidy might, you know, put him in the top, top six, but I think if that line can start to get going and the Bruins can start to win some games, like they will be a big part of that. Yeah, and I'm I'm glad that you know we have, we've talked a little bit about Felino, but I'm glad you bring it up again. I think that you know his leadership alone, being a, a prior captain on on Columbus and and all of the experience that he's had in the league, 
I feel like that will help some of these other guys just just to um, boost their confidence on the bench or just talking on the bench. That that alone is so big when you think about uh, some of the vets that we've had in the past. And we kind of have lost a vet every year and almost not really replaced any of them. You know, you had Kevin Miller, who was constantly hurt, unfortunately, but it was a big veteran presence on the bench and always a guy that wasn't a captain but basically acted that way. And Chara as well, you lost him. And it just seems like every year we've lost a leadership guy. And being able to add a guy like Felino, I, I was very excited in the offseason to hear that because, uh, you know, we need we need guys like that aside from Bergeron and, and Marshan. And, you know, we have some others as well, but lost Krejci and Tuco, which are two huge vets as well. Yeah, Bruce Cassidy alluded, it, alluded to it during after the Ottawa game, saying, like, that's where Nick Felino you know, could really help. Emotions were running high. There were some scraps, you know, a bunch of stuff after the whistle. And I think a guy like Felino go in there, you know, into the gritty areas and talking on the bench, like you said, I think that is huge. Um, I don't know how much of his involvement is, like, if he's still talking to the team before games or whatnot when he's getting treatment, I'm not sure. But, yeah, like, losing Krejci was huge in the locker room. I know he doesn't seem like the loudest guy, but – He's a guy that leads with his play and, and was a big leader for them. And so hopefully Felino does come in and fill that uh, leader role. I know Brandon Carlo and Charlie McAvoy uh, have stepped up this year to kind of fill that void as well. But yeah, it was just a different kind of emotional game the other night against Ottawa. And I think a guy like Felino really, really strengthens your team during those games. Yeah. And so I, I'm interested to see him and just judge the team as a whole when everyone's healthy, I know Frederick is out, but yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him back in the lineup and like just seeing him be himself and seeing what he can bring to the team because we haven't really seen what he can do yet. Yeah. Well, let's talk about Frederick for a second in that position because, I mean, he got absolutely rocked the other night. I don't, it doesn't seem like that injury is going to be a quick one one or two games. I think it's going to be a couple, a few uh, before we see him back in the lineup. But so far, I mean, I'm not expecting him to be a goal scorer or anything like that, but I haven't really noticed. I haven't seen anything from Frederick. I haven't seen him really banging the body around or being that tough guy that they want him to be. Uh, I don't know if he has a leash on him or what it is, but you know, I, I think that that's another thing that we're desperately missing, and it kind of goes back to we've lost somebody tough every year and not replaced them. We could go back to even Adam McQuaid and then Chara and then Kevin Miller. Like we, we can go back and, and see someone every year that was tough that now we're missing that spot. So do you think that that is something that we need to address at the trade deadline? Assuming we're in a good position is getting somebody that is, uh, that can be able to step into those positions and help the team because we've seen our, we've seen the Bruins get bullied out of playoff series multiple times now and and it's it's a problem and I think that it needs needs addressing and you know I I personally wish that we could have picked up a guy like Ryan Reeves but that didn't obviously he's on the Rangers now but what are your thoughts on on that type of position and that type of player fitting into this team I think it's still early on he didn't have the greatest preseason um but I think that had a lot a lot to do with you know just having new linemates Corrales in Columbus Wagner's down in Providence so 
I don't think you go the trade route through there. I think Bleed might be able to come back and, you know, he can get under opponent's skin. I think you could call it from Wagner from Providence. I'm sure he'd he'd be happy to be at, be back with the big club. Um, but, yeah, like, the fourth line is just something I'm not worried about yet. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. It's it's really it's, it's interesting because Frederick didn't have the best preseason, but you knew what he brought last year. So, he just hasn't been living up to those expectations. But we are still 10 games in. Of course. Um, it was nice to see Cliffy get in the mix, stand up for himself uh, the other night against Ottawa. So, yeah, I'm looking at a guy like Felino, honestly, to 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 you know get under opponent's skin and, um, and get. It's just tough to say this early on what to do regarding the fourth line at the trade deadline. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Like we're just, we're early. Of course. Well, I just you know I the one thing that I didn't like was. I enjoy Clifton fighting that fight that he had to do, but he shouldn't have to fight his own fight after something that happens to him. I go back to thinking about, you know, obviously we're going back 10 years now, but in 2011, anybody on that team is willing to to drop the gloves, and it's not that type of game anymore. But at the same time, I think that the team needs to be able to be willing to stick up for anybody that gets hurt and I don't want to see everybody out there fighting. I don't want to see pasta fighting somebody. It just that's just not it. <laughs> but you know, I, I feel like we don't have that tough identity anymore. And again, the the game's not the same, but there are some teams that will bully us out of games and will win games because they're tougher than us. And you know, that does happen. But when you get to the playoffs, it's something that it's it's an easy loss. It's an easy way to lose a series if you don't have anyone who can help you from getting beat up on the ice. Absolutely. I, I agree with that. But also, we are only 10 games in. We also do have a ton of new guys. And so it could just be a chemistry thing, you know. Sure. Get, to get these guys on the road, you know, get them acclimated with each other. They're, you know, learning stuff about each other every day. It's a new group, new goalies, new everybody. So it, it could be a little bit of that, um, you know, just because push comes to shove in the playoffs you want those guys to go to bat for you, right? Like, right. you want to go to war with those guys. So, Cliffy Hockey is just a maniac to begin with, so I'm not surprised <laughs> yeah. he's stuck up for himself. So, I, I think it. I think it's definitely a chemistry thing. You don't want to see them get bullied around, obviously. But I, I like the Bruins' response against Ottawa. Beatable team. They had a bunch of guys banged up. Uh, not banged up on the COVID list, but... I don't know. I think it's, I think that is just a chemistry thing. And hopefully, you know, as the season goes on, you see those guys stand up for one another. And I think you're hundred percent right. I think that that, that will come with time. And I don't think that anybody's not sticking up for their teammate. I think it's just, I, I thought, I think more from the perspective of, do we have guys that are able to do that and able to stick up in that role? Because, you know, some of our, our bottom, like Jake DeBrusque isn't a tough guy. Like he I, he can put some nice hits and stuff. We've seen him play um, a tough game, but I don't see him going into fight for a teammate. Not because he wouldn't be willing to, but I just don't see him as that kind of player. Which is strange thinking about his dad as a player, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, opposite. yeah. It's just I think you're hundred percent right that in time that will come around, and uh, I just it's tough because I, I've seen us get beat up so many times and it didn't feel like aside from Forbort being such a huge guy like 
of stature on the ice that we did a whole lot to bring in a lot of muscle, but Felino is, is a big guy too, so uh, I think that'll help. Getting him back in the lineup is kind of key for this team right now. Yeah, it's funny that like we say that, oh, Nick Felino is so important <laughs> to this team right now, but it, it, it is crazy. But, it, yeah. I mean, team chemistry is, is really important, and we are 10 games in, so hopefully when we get 25%, season done we can kind of look at this team and and see what what's really going to go on yeah yeah i just worry about that scheduling right now i mean not having the time to get into the season and then and then trying to play the you know back-to-backs and all of this stuff that's going to be tough on the players that you know when you really want the rest you don't you don't get it so i hope that's not the case injuries too right like if guys are banged up and bruins are pretty tight to the cap right now i believe so yeah i mean i'm happy we're getting some guys back frederick's out so hopefully they can just stay healthy through this direction it's schedule is what it is like they they can't change it so you just kind of got to go through it and hopefully you get through it well that's what also makes me a little bit worried about the olympics i know there's a massive break for that uh i think it's like three three weeks or something or close to four weeks but you know that you're going to have four or five players that are in the Olympics and those four or five players are obviously your top guys. So, you know, if there are any injuries or if they're feeling tired, they just go right into doing that. Well, some of the other roster, of course, will get to, to rest, but you know, the main guys that you want to keep healthy are just going to go play more hockey. So exactly. And that, and that's what I brought up about Bergeron because you're going to see Bergeron Marchand on team Canada. Yeah, and so it's just appreciating that too in itself. Like Bergeron on Team Canada would probably be his last Olympics. Crazy as that is to say, but it, it, I'm worried about the schedule. But at this point, there's just nothing that they can do, and they you just you just gotta try and figure a way through it. And hopefully, this up, this stretch upcoming, we see them, you know, just play more consistently. That's literally all I ask for. Like, yeah. <laughs> Some of these games have been tough to watch defensively, especially. So more consistency, hopefully get Felino back, start to get on the roll here and, um, you know, really take it to these other teams. Cause it, it, it's been weird seeing other teams last year playing the same team over like eight times over, you know, they, you would start to get that rivalry between them. And now you kind of got to remember, Oh yeah, we fucking hate the Leafs. Like we haven't yeah. hate the Leafs in two years. Got to, got to remind yourself that, yeah, you hate that team. So, yeah. Hopefully, hopefully they just continue to keep on rolling, and it's a huge, huge game coming up, Connor McDavid and the Oilers. So that'll be a big measuring stick for them. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the that de- game. The defense cannot hide from Connor McDavid; he will go right through you. That's that's the thing I'm most concerned about. I think that 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 is going to happen. You know, uh, we've seen actually McAvoy's been doing very well with with being a physical presence out there, not letting guys just skate around him. You know, he's putting in some on some big hits, which he doesn't have to do every game, but it's setting kind of an example that they can't just run all over us, which is is a positive. But I don't care who who you are, McDavid's still gonna do that to anybody. <laughs> At some point he's gonna skate around you. So Right, yeah. And it's just limiting his chances and hopefully McAvoy can lay a few big hits on him. But yeah, McAvoy is just hitting everything in sight against Ottawa is great. And that's what you want to see from him, you know. You want you want to see him take the next step. Yeah, and I didn't I didn't see that Ottawa game. I didn't expect it to be as tough as not as physically tough as it was, or as close as it was. I mean, you know, every I always say 
everyone thinks that there's an easy win on certain teams, but there's still an NHL team. Any night, anyone can beat anybody. So uh, you got to give them credit, and they played a lot, hell of a lot better than I expected them to. Yeah, so I'm hoping, you know, they, they go in, have a big game against uh, Edmonton, and then kind of go into the weekend and, you know, really start to get into that rhythm. You know, I think it's going to be four games in six days or something like that. So it's tough. It's tough, tough for them. But, you know, I, I'm sure they're happier playing games than they are uh, practicing against each other. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, the the last thing I want to ask you or or bring up here before uh, I let you go is the I'm gonna I'm calling it the the Pooh Bear movement. So you're kind of like the the face of this rally for the <laughs> Pooh Bear um, jerseys to come back. So is there a specific reason that you love the the jersey so much, or is it like is that the jersey that you grew up with, or you know, for me personally, that's kind of what it is. Is I love that that logo because I remember it as a kid with Samsonov and Joe Thornton and seeing PJ Stock fighting in that jersey. Like yep. that that's what it was for me. So I was curious if that's what got you into loving it so much. Yeah, that's exactly right. PJ Stock beating the shit out of people in that jersey. <laughs> it's just a beautiful, beautiful logo. And I think the backstory um, about it is pretty funny with Harry Sinden. And I would love to see them bring it back. It's just so, it's so ugly that it's pretty, right? Like it's yeah, such yeah. an outrageous color that it looked like here's Bergeron wearing it. Yeah. <laughs> like it's just so bright. And so maybe that's part of the reason. But yeah, it's just the nostalgia factor. I mean, they were pretty bad you know, when they wore it. So I would like to remember it as a good jersey. Right. Like, so hopefully the second reverse retro next year, we get a white Pooh Bear jersey. Woo! I that think that amazing. that's what people seem to be mocking up on the internet and, and showing what they want it to look like. And I think that would be great. I think it would sell very well too. I mean, it, just for the simple fact that if they do the same exact thing, but make it white, people will still think that it's ugly, but they'll still yeah. buy it because they think that it's, it's, either funny to own or cool or you know i, I will single-handedly buy a, like a hundred of those jerseys <laughs> so we'll see what happens i've heard cam neely's not too fond of the logo but uh, <laughs> i am and i'm gonna hashtag bring back the pool bear we will continue to be strong and hopefully get some changes made but uh yeah it's nostalgia it's it's pj stock just beating the shit yeah. out of people is really is really what it is so I hope it comes back. It's funny. I think it's just it's just gone on. I've just beaten this drum for so right, long. Right. It's like, you know what? I'm just going to continue to beat it harder and harder. So we'll see what happens. It'd be an awesome reverse retro jersey. I mean, the Bruins, they're not, the Bruins aren't boring per se, but it'd be nice for them to make a splash. You know what I mean? Just like, like it, it is what it is. Like it is a cash grab. Right. Like I think, I think it would be a huge cash grab. Even the people who hate it, I think they would learn to love it. I think it would grow on them. So I think I hope it comes back. It'll be interesting. Islander fans say the same thing about the fishermen. They think it's right. an ugly jersey, but people love it. I mean, they just want to see it exactly. out on the ice. And, you know, I, I definitely agree with you. I mean, they are making merchandise now with it back on there with hats and shirts and all of that stuff. So I think, I mean, that I would say that now is the time to do it, whether like next year. It, they seem to have the market for it. So, I mean, what's it hurt? We only wore the reverse retros last year for a year. So, I mean, if they right. do another one-off year, then 
they'll they'll make a lot of uh, younger fan or like fans that grew up watching that happy. So I hope they exactly. do. I think it would be a really cool idea, and and um, I don't see why not. And they should continue to do it with older logos. Like I don't see why every couple of years. You know, we can't have like the in the MLB, like those yellow jerseys that the Red Sox wore. Yeah. Like, I think fans will cling to jerseys and they will go out and buy jerseys. I think it's super cool. And it's, it's a great way for a team to show personality, too. Like, yeah, you know what? Make a ridiculous jersey. Like, it's only going to bring more eyeballs to it. So it started uh, kind of as a joke, but has grown and I love it. So we'll see what happens. I'm just going to continue to beat the drum harder and harder and harder. Well, we, we will be supporting it all the way over here, and, and uh, we're on the same train as that. We want we want the jersey. We want the shirts. We want all of it. So I hope it continues. But, uh, yeah, look, I Andrew, – I, Andrew, <laughs> Andrew Raycroft said it best. Saturday, 1 p.m. matinee game, once we see those jerseys yeah. out on the ice, we're going to love it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would imagine that he's all for that too, so – but I, I appreciate you coming on to talk to me for a little bit and uh, giving me your thoughts on the Bruins. And, you know, hopefully we can get some consistency coming up here and and get some wins together and, and you know, get some guys back from injury with Felino and hopefully Frederick soon. But um, I, I really do appreciate it. Uh, and obviously everybody that is listening to this already knows you. They know you because you're probably, I would say, the definitely the number one Bergeron superfan, but also probably the biggest Bruins blogger there is right now. So um, for those that don't know if if there are any of them, uh, make sure to check out Marina on Instagram and Twitter uh, and just appreciate the gifts like I do because I, <laughs> I still don't know how you, how it happens, but it's the best out there. It's the magic. Uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate the kind words, a nice tire pump. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's, it's nice talking about the Bruins. Like I've been watching football. It's nice to really get into the happy <laughs> season, be able to talk about the bees. Yep. So I appreciate you having me on. Well, I, we would definitely love to have you on later on in the season two and talk more about where we're at and hopefully uh, be in a better position. Not that we're in a bad position now, but hopefully be in a better position for, seeing what our our real playoff hopes are and uh and we'll talk then i mean we could be top of the league and i'd still find something to talk about i'm sure there's always they they can always be better so oh yeah yeah, hopefully uh in a couple weeks we see where they are and hopefully they're doing better and hopefully they're stacking some points so yeah we'll see i'd love to come back on awesome can't wait thank you again no problem Was it all?